BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. Today on the Erotic Awakening Podcast, Strap-Ons. Woohoo! Aren't you going to read your little opening Welcome thing? Welcome to Erotic Awakening, where Dan and Dawn cover all things erotic. Erotic, erotic Awakening <laughs> is intended for mature audiences. If you are not mature or not allowed to be listening to this, we recommend you stop listening right now. Today we are on the road back from the city of Chicago where we just uh, presented for Galleria Domain 2. And uh, so if you have a little background noise today, folks, don't complain about the lack of audio editing. We are uh, recording on the road and using the fantastic Bluetooth in the mobile studio. Woohoo! The little alien green car. Yes. <laughs> and it's the, not the one from Texas either. No, no, those does look the same. It's kind of a twin. Yes. So, anyway, so yes, yeah, so you're probably going to hear a little bit of road hum as we, as we try to work our way out of Chicago. Who's, you know what? I love Chicago. We found a little community festival by accident, but their traffic sucks. Yes. Sorry, Chicago. We don't love your traffic. I got to drive in Chicago for the first time out of our many visits and thinking, woohoo, I get to drive Chicago, check something off my list. Yeah, done. <laughs> I did it once. Master can now have that luxury. <laughs> my pleasure. So we're going to start today, uh, later on in the podcast, we are going to be talking to the wonderful, sexy Ruby about strap-on and strap-on play. Uh, how to do it with boys, how to do it with girls, how to do it with everybody else. Maybe me soon. Maybe Dawn as well. But we're going to start off. <laughs> we'll start off today talking about a question of the day that we picked up yesterday. And that question of the day uh, was right at the end of our presentation on uh, power exchange relationships. Somebody asked us. Because we, we had mentioned a little bit about Polly during it. You know, people on the podcast are going to hear us paying tolls as well. So, um, haha, so we paused while we <laughs> paid tolls. Um, so the question of the day, um, we were talking uh, at GD2 about building a foundation for a power exchange relationship. And Polly came up a little bit because we are Polly and our blips have happened mostly when we deal with poly and we're power exchange so there, there's different ways that we have to handle it and we really have to fall back on our foundation of power exchange so somebody asked Dan how he is able to allow me to be poly when there is that sense of ownership as a master and that was a question that was asked of us two minutes before we were supposed to be done for the night and right. it is not a two-minute answer but uh, we thought we would explore it here a little bit. So our question of the day is how does a master allow his submissive or slave to be polyamorous when he's supposed to be their master, be their dominant, be in charge of them? And it's a very good question if you think about it because, you know, when I send, when Don goes off on a date with Big D, 
I'm, you could say, I'm not in charge of her at that point. You could say, well, I'm certainly not there. I don't have any influence on what they do or don't do beyond some general kinds of, you know, I would might in general say, don't go to Pittsburgh, but I'm not gonna, or I might say, hey, I wanna go see the new Captain America movie, so don't go see that. But beyond that, what they do, where they go, is pretty much up to them. Except for the safer sex part. That stuff is very yeah. much discussed. Very true. But the fact that you are going to have sex. Right. Um, either we, we address beforehand whether it's going to happen or not, but not on a date-by-date -date basis. Just that the relationship is at that level and it's acceptable. So, in that regards, it is a, it's a very good question. I am, I am apparently, and I am ceding some control during that time. So there you go. You're ceding some control? Or acceding? Ceding. I'm, a, I'm a releasing, releasing some control. Because I heard it as ceding, which is you've already put the seeds in my oh, brain no, 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 that no, no, you no. have control, which to me you do. So the answer to the question then is how I can do that is part of it is like Dawn just said, I am actually still in control. Even when Dawn is out on a date and Bette has this wonderful little uh, thing, what would Master do? So Dawn, very much, I believe, you operate with that idea even when you're on a date with someone else. If it is an area where a decision, where it seems a little perhaps questionable, perhaps out of, gee, is this something Master would approve of? Where do you think Bat got it from? She was on a road trip with me and I had to make a decision because I couldn't get up with you. And I pulled over to think about it and I'm like, huh, what would Master do? And she's like, is that how you resolve it? I'm like, that's how I resolve it. So she just has little graphical pictures of Master <laughs> being in her brain and stuff. So I assume she got that from one of those little uh, bracelets that people wear. What would Jesus she, do? <laughs> yeah, but she just modified it slightly. No, no. So, but, uh, and, and that could be a piece of it too. But, you know, that is how I operate. I operate with, you know, what would Master approve of? What would Master do? What reflects the best on Master? Um, I'm getting ready to take this, this, do this risky thing with this other person. How would Master, uh, you know, is, is this something that's over the line? Is this something that he'd be okay with? Is, and that's just, it's in my head. After yeah. 15 years of being with you, you know, that's just in my head. I want to please you. I don't want to, um, I want to please you. And sometimes pleasing you is being myself with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of, uh, it's, it can get a little confusing, but then it's not. You know, I know you're okay with me being poly, as long as I follow the few rules that are in place. Right. See, for me, the, the reality is that you and I uh, have a, a style of power exchange we call loving power exchange, mm -hmm. right? And I will even say that the relationship I have with Bat falls into the realm of loving power exchange. Where what I want from my slave is for them to grow as a human being and as well as provide service to me. I want them to be a better, superior, superior is a tricky word, uh, a fully actualized human being. Uh, which means living their life and that means ex um, experiencing things, right? Exper and in this case, experiencing strange, experiencing other cocks, experiencing other relationships, other emotional connections, right? 
all of that is part of the growth pattern that you have and uh, helps you become a more fulfilled person. All that I require for that to work is, and, and somebody brought this up yesterday in our, in our class, uh, what I require is some level of respect. I need that other person that you're involved with to understand that I am master in a relationship with you and that it does what it comes down to. I show up first. Um, and then I might, I have the right to pull the trigger on some of this stuff. With uh, Bat's new relationship with um, who we shall refer to as one of the C's. Um, C3PO. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got a um, nice letter from her saying, you know, it's a little weird for me that there's somebody else in my um, partner's life that has power over them. So, and I had to um, explain that to Big D as well when he came aboard. And luckily, he had enough experience in the kink community and on the outskirts of power exchange that he understood what that meant. That you know, when I said master comes first, that that's the way it was. And um, he knows that you don't put a lot of rules down. You're just not that kind of person. But um, he wanted to know actually what the rules were. And I said, well, we haven't had this experience before where I'm with someone else that understands power exchange. So I can tell you right off the bat that the old two rules that Dan gave me were um, I couldn't be collared wear somebody else's collar and I couldn't kneel for somebody else and you and I haven't actually talked about that to see if that is still you know I, I see the whole not being collared by somebody else or you know all of that right. that all makes sense to me and I'm not looking for another master so all of that still makes sense to me and um, Big D totally understood that but I also brought up that because we're power exchange that you had never acted on this, but if you thought he was being harmful to me, you had veto power. Right. So, you know, I threw that out there too. And in a vanilla relationship, well, I don't do vanilla, so I don't know. You know, I don't know. I guess some people do have veto, but you know, in our instance, it's, it's definitely there that you have that over me. It, it would take something extreme, I think, for you to enact on that. Sure. The, and then the, other, the last thing that comes to my mind that I want to mention about this is that there's never a time where Big D or C3 have to come to me and say, do you mind? Do I have permission? Right? Because I don't have a power exchange relationship with them. Right. They go to the person I do have a power exchange relationship with and it's their responsibility, you or Bat, to come to me and say, is this okay? Or how do you feel about this? Or that kind of thing. Right, it's never, I never have, or try to pretend that I have any authority over them. Right, and something else that, that Big D is, um, is getting used to is that I'll say, hey, you know, hey Big D, are, are you okay if we change our status on FET? And he's like, well, I'm okay if Dan's okay. And I'm like, well, I've already asked Dan. Right. You know, so that's kind of a little different, I think, than what some other poly people do. I, I don't know, but the, one of the differences is is that I'm asking you first to make sure it's okay and then asking him. So, and it's just the way I work. I mean, it's, it's I need it to be okay with my master before I bring it up as a possibility to someone else because 
if I bring it up with someone else and then I come back to you and you say no, well, the answer is going to be no. Mm -hmm. So I need to make sure, you know, things are okay on that front first. And that's just the way we do things. And, you know, one of the other things that's been asked of me a lot is um, how can I do poly when I already have such a powerful power exchange dynamic with you? Right. You know, and um, honestly, I have not been in too many poly relationships <laughs> that don't involve, you know, Dan. So I've, this is my second attempt at that. And um, it's actually very hard for me because I am wired slave, but I'm not looking for another master. So the last one around, I tried vanilla and that one didn't work for me. Um, this time around, I found somebody that um, is not looking to be a master and is not vanilla. So he's kind of in that, that medium. He understands everything. He's got a kink bend, and but he's not trying to, to be the master and has no interest in that and has no interest in being totally vanilla. Woohoo! <laughs> win, win. So there's the question of the day. Uh, which quite quite a lengthy little question, but it was an interesting conversation just the same. And considering we are in the mobile studio, we do not have our, sh our show notes. So if you did shout out to us uh, via the FetLife or the Facebook page, we do not have our notes with us. So you'll have to wait for next week for us to say a thinky side. Thinky side. Boy, <laughs> we've been reading a lot of uh, Stephen King, haven't we? <laughs> Yes, it's really funny when uh, lately Don and I have been listening to the Dark Tower audiobook series, and there's uh, seven books in the series, and they could be they're like 28 hours long a piece. Right. So getting through, the, but it's funny how you find yourself uh, mimicking the language. mimicking some of the language. So thank you, Sai. Or um, I'd love to call you Sai. That'd be neat. Well, <laughs> thank you, Sai. You go right yes, ahead Cy. and do that. <laughs> Or crave your pardon, gunslinger. <laughs> pleasant days, what is it? Pleasant days and many nights, or many days and pleasant nights, or something like that. Uh, like that. I thought it was long live and prosper. No, 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 no but it's something like that. <laughs> so I can't tell you. I'm ahead of you. So I know. I can't tell you You've already fucked it up for me. You said, yeah. oh, because you said there's a big twist coming. There so it is. Well, now I'm trying to figure out what it is. Oh, you'll never figure it out till it happens. Whatever. <laughs> so. Coming back from Chicago, uh, did you have a good time at GD2? I did. I had a great time at GD2. And they took us out where we had, uh, they took us out to dinner where we had gourmet tacos. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was awesome. I've never had a gourmet taco. It, it was really good. They were uh, fantastic. And it wasn't like gourmet, like super expensive and really small. No. But gourmet, like really, really good and normal cost. Matter of fact, I would even call that our dinner was fairly cheap, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it was really good food. They always take us out for, for good things. And the people at GD2, we had between 60 and 80 people in the audience. I didn't actually count. That's what they told us. Mm -hmm. And really good questions and really good feedback. So, you know, I always like GD2. They're very appreciative of us coming out there and, you know, sharing our experience. So Very, you know. very welcoming attitude mm -hmm. and energy out there. So, indeed, and um, there was somebody that talked to us for a little while that has only been out in the community and on FET for two weeks, 
And we've had some that when we said we did the Erotic Awakening podcast, we got claps and cheers. Yes. So that was kind of neat. That was kind of neat. <laughs> and I noticed a couple of the, uh, uh, there's actually a couple presenters in the audience, and that kind of fucks with you a little bit. It does. Well, they're presenters, but we're also producers, so they're presenters that have presented for us as well. So that's kind of, it's kind of neat. Though I do feel like a, a little fly in the looking glass or something as a presenter and a producer yeah. at that point. So it's it's a little it's a little neat, but uh, interesting. Absolutely. So you can tell us what you think is neat and interesting in a variety of ways. If you head over to the brand new redesigned Erotic Awakening website, you'll be able to find a uh, all kinds of ways to contact us by scrolling to the bottom of the page. For example, Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com if you want to email us. Or follow us on the Twitter. We are Dan and Dawn on Twitter. Facebook. What are we on Facebook? Erotic Awakening. All, all one word. word. <laughs> and you can find us on FetLife in a variety of other ways. You can get a preview of upcoming interviews that we have by jumping over to our brand new YouTube channel. We have two, or no, we have a interview that's not on the air yet that you can preview and find uh, out what we will be talking that's about. That's right, that's right. So, and if nothing else, head over to eroticawakening.com, I think it's slash podcast, yep. or just hit the podcast option, and you'll see everybody that has joined the new Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. So, like Crazy Heart with the People of Kink, who is coming up on his 100th episode. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. And we'll be seeing, by the way, um, so, really interesting. So, Dawn's been flirting with Crazy Heart lately. Hey. <laughs> yeah, pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't like get all shy all of a sudden. You do this on the podcast. Via, remember, you're using the podcast as your flirting mechanism. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so, but the, did you know, Dawn, that they're going to be coming to uh, Beyond the Love in November? No. <laughs> Did I not mention that? Oh, okay. So, uh, Crazy Heart, Ruby, and who knows who else will be joining us at Beyond the Love, the Polyamory got, Summit, coming say, up in November in Columbus, Ohio. That's got, oh, never mind. Yes, we do. <laughs> and you'll be producing the event, so no, you won't have Damn. time for any of that kind of I'll jazz. I'll be giving away my clipboard. I usually hold on to that tight. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm glad that it's okay. You too can join Don in a hot tub, uh, as well as me, Karen, Bat, and many of the other people you know from the Erotic Waking podcast. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Big D will Big be D there. Big D will be there with his, yeah. Uh, maybe we can talk in 3C to coming. Um, regardless, you should come anyway. And, uh, 12 different presenters, 40 different polyamory classes, plus fantastic social spaces, in Poly Family Feud. Head over to beyondthelove.org and register right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> well, Don, without our show notes, what else do we have to say before we get into our strap-on interview? Meow. Okay. That's all we got. Oh. <laughs> I know, without, oh. the, without the dog running around, it's like... Well, I know, so I pretended to be the cat. I see that, yes. So, all right. We're still trying to get out of Chicago traffic. Oh, did you see that? Did you hear that inflection in my voice as you yes. change lanes? Okay, so I think that's it, and now it's all strap ones. So, Dawn, recently you had mentioned that your strap on was not only a virgin, but it was also lonely. <laughs> And you'd also mentioned on the show that you weren't quite sure what to do with that strap on or why it was calling to you. 
So exactly. So we uh, someone reached out to us that has a. Um, a couple of ideas about what to do with a strap on because I am clueless. I have no idea what to do with it. I have this lovely purple dildo, I guess. <laughs> I have this lovely purple cock and I have no clue what to do with it. <laughs> so joining us tonight on the podcast is Ruby Tuesday, who is part of that People of Kink podcasting group. And uh, Ruby Tuesday, my understanding is that you are not a virgin when it comes to the wearing of a strap on. Uh, no, not at all. I'm kind of a big fan of strap-ons, actually. So tell us a little bit about your experience with strap-ons. Uh, is it all giving? Uh, no, I've had a few times that I've received a strap-on, um, but ma mainly giving. Okay. Boys, girls, either uh, or? I have given to both boys and girls and received um, from another female. All right. I've received from another female. Do you remember that? Of course. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> How could I forget something like that? All right. So with that as a background, let's get into the uh, specifics of all that hotness. Uh, and by the way, you giving or receiving a strap-on is pretty hot sounding in my little head, just so you know. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so what? Well, let me start with this. I am not much for... Um, some things as much as I am for other things, but I've watched a scene where a female-bodied person was uh, having, was using a strap-on on a male-bodied person, and I believe that's called pegging? That is called pegging, yes. And that and, was really sorry. hot to watch. Thank you. I quite enjoy it myself. <laughs> so how much difference is there between um, using a strap-on with somebody anally versus using somebody, using it on a vagina? Well, in my experience, um, when I use it for anal play or pegging, it, there's a power dynamic. So um, it's me being in control and asserting my power over the other one um, while I'm giving them anal sex. Um, whereas when I do it vaginally, there can be a power dynamic, but often it's just with another woman um, in a more sexual sort of romantic situation. So what's the... What's the power? That's the only way I know how to describe it. Because usually when I see women wearing strap-ons, they seem to strut a little bit. So what's, what's the power behind wearing a strap-on? Uh, or do you well, even see it that way? Oh, I totally see it that way. <laughs> um, I definitely feel empowered when I have my strap-on on. Um, and I think it's just because... Um, if you know you're you're the one putting something into someone else you're not receiving it so because i'm the one initiating that act i have control and i'm asserting my dominance well that makes sense so i was trying to ask that at another event and you know people were just giving me hand motion motions of like it just is it's this <laughs> cock <laughs> so I, I wasn't sure i was understanding it now no that's not to say that when i have regular sex um with a submissive person, I don't have control, but it's it's different when I'm wearing um, the strap on. I definitely feel um, a lot more empowered. Awesome, awesome. So, goodness. Now you've got Dawn's <laughs> I know, I'm a little flustered. <laughs> what is it? Do you, now, recently I heard stories of a um, someone sucking a strap on as if it was a cock being different from sucking it as if it's a toy. 
Do you resonate with that? Does that make any sense? Oh, definitely. I've had people um, suck my strap on like they're giving me a blowjob. Um, and I get right into it. I yank their hair and I, you know, bob their head down. I, yeah, I basically face fuck them. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a good way to describe it. So, so do you get any, I've, I've wondered this since I haven't used one yet. Do you get any physical pleasure from wearing uh, yeah. a strap-on? It definitely gets my bits tingling. And actually, one of the um, strap-on um, dildos I have actually has a vibrator on it that would stimulate my clit. Not that I always use that one, but yeah. Nice. See, I like that idea, too. <laughs> well, well, we got to go off to one of my strap-ons. Yes. So how many... And, and and let me make sure I'm understanding the... So let's do a little terminology. Let's back up a little bit. Okay. The actual thing that you wrap around your body to hold the harness is, mm -hmm. it, is that what I, is that correct that it's a yes. harness i have a harness and the harness has different rings different size rings that are also the same as like cock rings okay um and that holds different size dildos and different types of dildos so one of the dildos i have that actually came with the strap on and its original ring um has that vibrator um part to it so how many do you have? <laughs> I have about, oh, two rings and three different dildos I use. Yeah. For different purposes or just whatever um, mood strikes you? Well, one's more of like a smaller training sort of one. Um, another I have for a specific person. Um, and then, yeah, the other one is sort of my, my once they're stretched out, I can use that one. <laughs> <laughs> Once they're stretched, I can use that one. <laughs> yeah, there's sort think, of a progression there. I think Dan's clenching. Well, tell me no. about that. Would, so if you were going through an individual scene with someone, would you start with a smaller? Yeah, yeah, I would I would use a smaller. No, now, nothing too small because then that, that's not effective. But yeah, sort of a mid-sized dildo. Um, and with someone who's more of an anal expert and done a lot of anal training, I would probably go up to a larger one. So is this, and what do you call your dildos? Are they, are they dildos? Are they your cocks? Is there another name? When I'm wearing them, they're my cocks. When they're in the cupboard, they're my dildos. Oh, very cool. Very cool. George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've actually got names for some of ours. George, Georgette. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're we usually at. just go by colors, but you know. So how do you find a harness that fits right? I mean, I don't even know if mine. Why well, haven't tried mine on? That is a mine. very good question because there's a lot of ones that say universal, right. and I think that that's not very accurate because I'm not a small woman. Um, I would say I'm a little bit more plus size, and um, I made sure that when I went in, I got. A dildo that was at least sort of mid-grade, if not a little bit better. Sorry, not a dildo, a strap-on. And um, I made sure that there was adjustable straps that were definitely long enough that they would cover over my thighs and, and buttocks. Nice. But. So I might have to <laughs> I might have to try mine on again. So. so can you order one off the internet off of a size guide of some sort? like, uh, Or is that really rolling the dice? Um, I would say probably most of them have the sizes on the packages and then you should just measure your thighs and around your waist and then 
go with that. All right. Uh, so enough of that shit. Take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. What's it like to fuck somebody with your strap on? Oh my gosh. I love it. I get so into it. I get, um, it definitely turns me on. It gets me wet. Um, I love grabbing hair and thrusting and yeah, it can, and I love if it's in a more, if there's other people around at a party or something, I love the comments I get, sort of mm -hmm. the reaction that people um, get to my demeanor and my excitement and all that stuff. I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist. Is there actual <laughs> stimulation that, and by, I mean, do you, does your, does your cock have an aspect where you're also being physically stimulated? Something's mm. rubbing against your naughty bits? Or, would, is, it, or is the stimulation yeah. purely from the, the power and the activity itself? Um, no, I definitely think that as I'm thrusting and I'm hitting the um, ass of the person, that, yeah, definitely my clit gets, gets rocked and touched and, yeah. So, so how do you find people to play with with a strap-on? Is it like any other scene, or um, does it just come up in negotiation? Comes or? up in negotiation. I make it very obvious on my profile that that's a huge turn-on for me. Um, yeah, I definitely, um, when I'm talking with new play partners, if we get into the discussion about being sexual or what sort of sexual activities we can do, it definitely comes up as part of the conversation. Oh, so you have to, so it just popped into my head. You have to do safer sex with your cocks. That's right. Uh, well, I, I want to go back to what it feels like for you fucking, but <laughs> I do want to, we do have to touch on that. What's the, what are the safer sex uh, things? So what are your, what are your, most of your cocks made out of? They're made out of plastic or vinyl or Silicone. glass or chicken? Yeah. Chicken? Silicone. Don't know. Plastic. So, yeah. Okay. So what, how do you take care of a silicone dildo? Um, uh, well, I always use condoms and I, um, wash them with soap and water after and also use like disinfectant. Yeah. Just okay. Like, Standard kind of stuff. Well, yeah. We don't put disinfectant on your cock. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> condoms, yes. Disinfectant, no. <laughs> okay. That seems fair. Um, is there a, so this is more of a, a, a men, are you familiar, do you have much, uh, understanding with the idea of men using harnesses for like either oh, double penetration yeah. or perpetual erections at orgies? Um, not a whole lot of it. Well, I definitely seen pictures and things like that. I haven't had any firsthand experience. Okay. Well, I'll just have to work that out myself then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think I'd be kind of curious to see one used for the double penetration. So that'd be kind of yes. neat. I, I definitely, I think the idea is um, awesome. I just haven't had any firsthand experience. I'd, I would be game to watch any time or participate, Ooh. possibly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> what do you, um, do you ever wear your cock at a party just, and I think that's called packing, right? Where you're just running around with a cock. Um, I've worn it. At camp, where I just walk around with it, uh -huh. and I have discussed wearing it at a private party, um, actually the next one coming up, but I haven't done it yet, per se, except at camp, where I walked around with it on for many hours. My understanding my is that some women's pants are generally not cut to allow the size 
This is true. But I, I guess that's if you're trying to hide it. At a party, I would probably wear a skirt and, you know, sort of flirt <laughs> with the idea, like, come so and hug someone. Actually, I, I did do that at camp where I, I came up, it was under my sarong, and I hugged a few people, and they're like, hey, wait a minute, there's a bit more to you today. What is that? <laughs> a bit more. Well, I guess it depends if you're wearing the little one or the big one. <laughs> yeah. So. What are your, uh, what's your harness made out of? Um, vinyl. Okay, so cleaning the harness would be sta uh, standard vinyl cleaning stuff. Yep, I throw it in the washing machine. <laughs> do, do you always do your own wash? Do you sometimes go to your parents' house to do your wash? I was just no. Okay, <laughs> that's good. I, I, I live in an apartment building, so it's kind of tucked in with some other clothes when I throw it in the washer. <laughs> awesome. Do you ever use your your dildo or your cock in as a as an implement, right? Like I may, I've heard of this one guy, Dan, who, when he's <laughs> making Dawn suck his cock, will take his cock out and slap her across the face with it. Do you yeah. do things like that with your, with your dildo? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't always just use it in the strap. I, yeah, I use it to, yeah, I would have someone, I would use it separately if that's what you mean. Just slapping someone with it. I hadn't thought of actually. A good idea. Oh, well, there you go. Fun. Slap <laughs> uh, so, were you expecting this interview to be light and easy, or were you expecting us to be very naughty and go right after it? I haven't found anything too difficult yet. Okay. All right. Good. Well, one last question for you then, if you don't mind. Okay. If I were to bend, no, that's not the question. <laughs> the question is actually. If people are curious about uh, exploring their own strap-ons, uh, can they reach out and talk to you with any questions they might have? Absolutely. Um, they can contact me through FetLife at Ruby underscore Tuesday. Fantastic. Ruby, it is a pleasure to talk to you. It is a pleasure to see you when we get the chance. <laughs> awesome. And uh, we all know you are the... Uh, you know how sometimes they say there's uh, the beauty and the brains behind something? <laughs> it's. I've been told that you are the beauty and the brains behind the people of Kink Podcast, but we'll see. I don't know. If there that's... you go. I, I think <laughs> that's we'll have to let Crazy like Heart know that too. I don't think he listens <laughs> to our podcast, so that's not a problem. You won't hear that. <laughs> Ruby, it's a pleasure to talk to you. We look forward to seeing you uh, next chance we get. Awesome. I miss you guys. Have a good night. Okay, I miss you too. Bye. Bye.